93.5 WHMP. And good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon. Hello, Dan Torres. How are you doing, Buzz? I'm was... doing great. I had a wonderful holiday. Let me ask you about yeah. yours. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Oh, Buzz, I was uh, went a little shopping. Actually, believe it or not, I had to. Well, our next guest, some... Amy Kelly. Oh yeah, uh, she's so going to be happy to hear that. that. Up? Yeah, I yeah. went and uh, on where you in... went shopping. Oh, local, only local, oh, Buzz, only local places. That a boy. I mean, you don't want a list, right? I mean, I could give you a list if that's what you're really into. But... And what else did you do other than shop? Well, my brother came to visit, so. I uh, haven't seen him in about a year and a half, so um, so it was nice. He he lives in Florida, so he came up and um, yeah. Also went and met with a couple friends who I haven't seen in a couple weeks. And uh, oh, sounds like a perfect holiday. Yeah, yeah, and actually it. it it went by perfectly. It was like just enough days towards the end of the year where I was like, last night I was like, oh, I'm finally excited to come back to work, Buzz. That's that's what I was going to say. Renewing relationships, an important there holiday thing to do. Yeah. Not just about eating. Not just about eating. And I don't eat all that much because I have turkey once in a while throughout the year. So for me, I, I don't splurge like people do. Plus, those prices are a little a little pricey, I, I've been told. So, you know. That's a... Well, it takes uh, all different kinds of people to make a world. I do nothing but eat. Mm -hmm. that's, my, uh, that's my major these days. What kind of pie did you have? Oh, my God. We had three. Three? Yeah. We had a chocolate pecan. We, of course, had a... a uh, a pumpkin that had, I don't know what it had, wonderful spicing, you know, like nutmeggy kind of, all spicy kind of um, thing. And then a chocolate cream pie. So I probably gained about 30 pounds. This and week. when I say I was hanging out with friends, I mean, I was going to people's houses to watch the World Cup. So I have that. And oh, congratulations on Brazil. We won today, yes. My yes, Brazilian we friends. We won today. Is we did, it? yes. I, I was no obviously part there. of that, the team effort, as you can imagine here. Well, anyway, I, I had a really wonderful uh, holiday with uh, family and, and um, down in Brooklyn and got to meet my... Latest granddaughter, she was, when we met her, nine days old, and um, that was just a trip and a half, obviously. Um, you know, so our kids are in their 50s. Uh, we have a 20- and 18-year-old grandson and a 13-year-old granddaughter, and I still get nervous holding newborns. I don't know what it's going to take, but they still feel like... Great grandkids. And I can screw up, so I, you know, I, I hold them for dear life. But Mina Ann is, was wonderful to meet. But um, So now we sort of uh, turn the corner and we're heading towards Christmas. And um, who else would I come in to ask about regional uh, commerce? But um, it, it, now what were you called? DNA me? DNA me is what I Amy? think um, Monty has given me that moniker. Oh, was that, I thought it was Mark. It could have been. Yeah, one of those crazy people. One of people. those people. Right. Well, you're the executive director of the Downtown Northampton Association. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Always happy to come chat about downtown. Well, let's chat about downtown. For sure. So we just had Black Friday. We did. Um, and uh, what, did you, what was the experience of people, who retailers down here in uh, downtown Northampton? Well, can I say that before Black Friday, we had Bag Day. Not to keep of it super course. local, but um, uh, we had our own Black Friday, Bag Day. Uh, after Thanksgiving, or sorry, right before Thanksgiving. Um, and the experience of retailers on that day was actually amazing. So, What does um, amazing mean? I've had multiple retailers tell me it was their best bag day ever, which I think is 
pretty amazing given the current economy and the post-COVID universe that we're living in. It is um, And others for whom maybe sales weren't quite as amazing, but they saw a lot of new people come into their store, which is equally wonderful. I was just um, going to add, I, I went to one of the local businesses around here and asked them about their bag day uh, revenue, and it was the best bag day. It was one of the best days they've had in years that they can track. So people were out and about. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people went to shop this year. Last year, it still I, felt like COVID was still lingering and people weren't 100% confident. For sure. This and I'm year, not sure that yeah. this year people are 100% confident, but I think um, this year... People, 99%. 99%. I'll give you that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just, um, you know, shout out to our community for showing up and shopping local um, in that magnitude and in that capacity. Shout out to our community and shout out to the statewide. It seems like most surveys... Coming up to that same result, could you explain this to me, Amy? You are knee-deep in uh, commerce and retail. Uh, um, we hear about inflation. Sure. We hear about some people uh, can't afford to buy the groceries that they're used to buying mm -hmm. or put gas in their car that they're used to putting in their car. Um, uh, the price of electricity every month, the bills are bigger. Um we hear that that inflation is going to carry over into next year. We're projected, uh, and we hear about. I I have a two hundred one a four hundred one k that is. Um, <laughs> I just said two hundred one k. That's because it's been cut That's in half. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, we yeah, all feel that. Sure. We're watching the market uh, struggle with numbers. How do you explain uh, the inexplicable, um, which is retailers are saying they've never had a better bag day, for example. I guess I'd say a couple of things. I think um, in our community in particular, people are very purposeful with how they spend their dollars, right? So I think that everybody is feeling the economic pinch, but I think people are choosing to prioritize where they put their money when they're shopping. And I like to think that our community is, um, instead of taking their holiday shopping dollars and spending them all on Amazon, that they are spending them downtown. Um, recognizing that for our small businesses, all of their costs are going up too, right? It's a super hard time to be a small business owner. And so... I like to think that our community is choosing to um, support our businesses with the way that they spend their dollars. Support their neighbors. Exactly. It's your neighbors, your friends. You want your kid to get a job, then we need all of these small businesses. You realize you're saying that on Cyber Monday? <sighs> yes. You realize you're saying it on a Cyber Monday that's being projected to be about 8% higher than the previous best Cyber Monday. Um, so, I mean, what do you say to those people who have made it a habit of shopping online. I well, we've all made it a habit, right? I I no, even in my job, I still every once in a while succumb to the ease of online shopping. But um I think uh first of all because of COVID, many of our downtown businesses have really stepped up their online shopping game. So the one who comes to mind for me is A to Z. If you are in the market for um shopping for your kids, their website is fantastic, super easy, very responsive. Um, so I think that there's, uh, it used to be a lot harder to shop small businesses and downtown businesses online than it is now. That's my first plug. You know, uh, last, well, no, about the, um, you know, on early October was my birthday. And Dan, you were really kind to give me a little um, gift certificate to buy book. At a local bookstore. Uh, At a local bookstore. I stopped breathing for a minute, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, at a local bookstore. There's, there's, uh, 
what did I just read? I think it was, we, you and I were just talking about it, Amy, KLN, that I think um, 32% on average are the, the sales, the uh, discounts that people can get if they shop on Cyber right. Monday. And around here, so many of my friends would rather support their local shop. Absolutely. I mean, and there's no way that our local shops can give 30, 40% discounts. Um, there's just not the profit margins, even in a really great economic um, condition, much less. Well, this is a stupid question, um, even for me to ask. It's stupid. <laughs> but I, I think it's one worth asking, other than the fact that they might give our children a job. Mm-hmm. What is it about local brick and mortar that's so important if we can do the same thing with our scarce dollars for less online? I, I don't know that we have enough time for me to give you all of the multitude of reasons, uh, but have, I'll start wondering. Let's go for down about five minutes until we road. take a break. <laughs> Um, I so many reasons. I think um, in terms of the shopping experience, if you are picking out something like jewelry or ho home goods or clothing, um, it's a very different experience to pick that out in a store with a human that's going to help you find the thing that looks best on you or that's going to be perfect for your mom or that your kid is going to love. Um, Amazon's not going to do that for you. Target is not going to do that for you. Um, I think secondly, our small businesses give back in so many other ways. Um, Immediately coming to mind, the hot chocolate run is coming up next weekend, and many of our small businesses have signed up to contribute a percentage of their proceeds. Um, Truly on that incredible day. to see that phenomenon, right? Yeah. And and um, I bet if you scan down that list, you won't find Walmart or Target or Amazon on that list of businesses giving back. Those are our small local businesses who are doing that. Let's take a time out for a PSA. What is the hot chocolate run? <laughs> <laughs> the Hot Chocolate Run is a fundraising run that benefits Safe Passage. Safe Passage supports um, survivors of domestic violence and gives them um, resources and support both during crisis and before and after. The Hot Chocolate Run is a super fun run through Northampton. It starts and ends downtown. And for those of you experienced Hot Chocolate Runners, this year, for the first time since pre-COVID days, they're bringing back the in-person hot chocolate, which... I don't know, makes me very happy. It should make everybody very happy. And, and just while we're continuing this PSA, I can't help but think, uh, Dan Torres, when you talk about shopping uh, these days, what a wonderful gift for your, your wife, your daughter, your mother, an aunt, or for any male that you know and love to make a donation. Absolutely. To save passage in their name. What a wonderful way to both help those who have suffered from domestic violence, uh, and at the same time, celebrate the person in whose name you're going to make that donation. What do you think, Amy? Can't, can't think of a better thing. Safepassage.org, and you can get all the details. Uh-oh. She just said to all the retailers, she can't think of a better thing than making a donation. <sighs> now you're fired. Now it's front page of the Gazette. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of a better thing, but I can think of, you know, a hundred um, equally <laughs> as fantastic things. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at a little headline here. Household finances may be at the weakest level in a decade, but spending stays steady or even increases as customers cut uh, non-essentials to give gifts and socialize. Um, how, I can't explain this. I mean, household finances are weaker, but yet people are doing it. Is it hopefulness? I, you know, I think maybe a little bit of hopefulness. And again, I, I really do feel like for our community that COVID made us um, recognize the importance of our downtown and the importance, 
the importance of how we spend those limited dollars that we have. And I know, at least in our household, that we are a lot more purposeful in where we spend those dollars, even if we have fewer to spend. Yeah. Actually, explain that, where you spend these dollars. So uh, when we um, want to order takeout, we make sure we go to you know our favorite downtown small businesses as opposed to just getting a chain meal. Um, when my son needs books for school, we make sure we go to Broadside or Booklink or Raven as opposed to going online to Amazon. Um, it's not that we're spending more by going downtown necessarily, but we're choosing to take the extra effort to spend those dollars downtown as opposed to with a, um, you know, with a chain or an online retailer like Amazon. Yeah, the front page of the Daily Hampshire Gazette today has an institution's final days are near is the headline above the fold. And it talks about, about Kelly's, Kelly's. Mm -hmm. in Amherst closing after all these years, after these uh, six days a week that they've been um, open. That is so sad to me. You know, these stalwart Sure, we've seen the same thing downtown Northampton, Sylvester's, the Green Bean, you know. it's. But new places open up, right? I mean, it's that's like how it's you took the words like, right, right out of my mouth. I could read your mind. <laughs> I have that talent now behind here <laughs> on the board. But no, I mean, that, that's that's always happening, in, in, and then new places open up, and they become the new institutions, and they last 10 or 20 years until... You know, they decide, hey, I either don't want to do this anymore or they decide to relocate and, and you just have a cycle of new businesses, right? For sure. There, there absolutely is a cycle. And I think a lot of what we see downtown um, is just part of that generational shift. There's a, you know, a group of restaurateurs who have earned the right to retire. Although I do want to ask you, it does feel like there are more empty storefronts in walkable downtown. At least that's the perception when I talk to customers in mm -hmm. Northampton, in the areas I go to, at least that's a perception that everybody seems to be sharing. Uh, there definitely, that definitely is a perception and there certainly are vacant storefronts in downtown, but I would offer two um, positive spins if I could. Um, spin number one, or not even spin, but fact number one being that during um, COVID, we've tracked businesses that have opened and closed um, in downtown Florence and Leeds during COVID, and we have had more businesses open than we have closed. Um, last I updated, we had 30 businesses that closed and 40 that opened. Wow. Now, um, which is, now is that in the main street of Northampton no, downtown? that's throughout okay. Northampton, Florence, and Leeds. So what I was going to say is there are some long-term vacant storefronts in downtown um, that you walk by all the time, faces, right. the old Spoleto, Silverscape, um, that are really, um, I think, are emotionally um, noticeable. Mm. Um, but in terms of total business count, mm -hmm. we have gained more than we have lost just in flat numbers, not in emotional attachment to those businesses we've lost. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Right. And you're right. They are emotionally no noticeable and yeah. maybe... Uh, seem more prominent than they should. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was going to say is just that um, there are business, there are storefronts which are currently vacant, but um, that have been purchased and into which businesses are going. Yeah. And so, um, hang on. Hang Until on. 2023, more is coming. We are talking with uh, Amy K. Elaine, the executive director of the Downtown Northampton Association, DN Amy, as they call her. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we're going to be back and talk a little bit more about retail in this region right after these messages. Stay with us. 
with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. I see somebody dressed up as uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer running. We have uh, someone as a Christmas tree. It yes. looks like they're wearing pine needles. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it more or less fun to run in. This Sunday, the hot chocolate run for Safe Passage is back. And WHMP will be there live, broadcasting from the run in downtown Northampton. Safe Passage is the Hampshire County organization addressing domestic violence. you still got time to sign up to run, walk, or volunteer. Then share your fundraising page with family and friends to create year-round support for survivors of domestic violence. Violence. Join us live in person in downtown Northampton this Sunday, or join us right here on WHMP for the live broadcast of the Hot Chocolate Run for Safe Passage. When you look at this event, does it say something to you about Northampton as a community? It's a remarkable testament to what people can do when they're all working on the same issue. WHMP's support of the Hot Chocolate Run is made possible by Whalen Insurance Northampton. Local people, local service, local insurance. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSP Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSP Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Monitoring your credit score and report is an important tool in protecting your finances and can help you identify errors and prevent fraud. Our GSB Credit Center is just one of the great benefits that comes free with both our free online banking and our free mobile app. And with the GSB mobile app, you can check your score and access your credit report free anytime and from anywhere using your mobile device. And checking your credit report at the GSB Credit Center will not affect your credit score. Sign up today at any of our offices or online. Greenfield Savings Bank. Greenfieldsavings.com. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Mobile carrier charges may apply. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back. I am with Executive Director Amy K. Elaine of the Downtown Northampton Association. And I have to ask you this question only because I haven't a clue how to answer it. I'm going <laughs> that to bodes read. well for me. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, you may be better. You're certainly better situated than I am to answer it. This comes from a, a Deloitte Holiday Retail Survey. Um, of thousands, after pulling back last year, this is a finding, low-income shoppers are feeling more confidence and plan to spend 24% more this year than they did last year at holiday times. Hmm. Can you explain? Well, Dan, I, I, I hear something coming out of your lips. I know. I think part of that is the low unemployment rate that we've experienced despite uh, higher interest rates and all those things. I think people feel more some sense of job security. And if I had to guess why that number is increasing and seems stronger even for low income, it is the sense that there are a lot of jobs out there, so there's a sense of security that that might provide. That's my guess. The other but thing Amy, I just read is there's 1.8 jobs available for every person looking for a job right now. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of jobs available out there. I, you might be onto something, Dan. I was going to say just also the, the more... Um, the lack of uncertainty this year around COVID and around what that might mean for your family and for your family expenses. 
Um, this year Does just that feels... that spend now because you could get sick next month? Is that what that <laughs> oh, says? please no. Please no. But I think, I think low income or no, everybody is feeling a little bit more, um, I don't want to say secure, but at least in terms of, of the uncertainty that we all felt last year around COVID. And I felt like we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think that's no longer exactly with us. Yeah, I I hope there's a good explanation for that. That would be a, a good explanation for that. I there's two. Um, well, I also read. I just remembered J.C. Penney's, which went into bankruptcy, has come out and it's doing much better um, mm-hmm. in its reorganization. And what it's targeting now is uh, lower income people to make more affordable goods available to low income people, uh, rather than trying to. Um, uh, be competitive with Macy's and things like that, which are a little bit more upscale. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I, I think that that's that, interesting. Yeah. Um, here's what my fear is. I mean, my fear, and Dan, my fear is that people are doing it with plastic because it's so easy to put a credit card down. Now, sure. But now that the Fed is raising interest rates, sure. there's some crippling. I just read 29% on one credit card, I forget what, is, is if you don't pay on time. So people could be putting themselves into a very vulnerable situation. I hope Absolutely. that's not happening. Um, and I hope that's not happening either. But I suspect you are probably right that that, um, that absolutely is. So what should, um, what should holiday consumers walk away from our conversation with about buying local? And um, what should holiday retailers um, walk away with? Ooh. Interesting. I think for for holiday consumers, assuming that most of the people um, whose ears are listening to this are in and around the valley and in Western Mass, that um, our small businesses will only be there um, in so much as we shop at them to the extent that we can, or at least share their messages and share their posts on social media. Um, And I think we all have chosen to call Northampton or the Pioneer Valley home because of the uniqueness of where we live and the uniqueness of our downtown. Um, And I would hate to see that uh, go away. And I think that one of the ways that we can um, do our best to support that uniqueness is to spend our dollars um, with our small businesses. And I think for our small business retailers um, is to um, celebrate everything that they bring to our downtown and not be afraid to share um, who they are. I think our small business owners are some of the most um, interesting, amazing, resilient people that I have ever met. Not just saying this because it's my job. I feel like they're all my family. And I think when we when I go into their stores, there's, there's a lot of their own personality in each of their stores. Um, and I would just encourage them to, to let us meet them and share that on social media and, you know. Do they give you a family discount? <laughs> Absolutely not. I wouldn't accept okay. it if they did. <laughs> I just had to ask. So my final question, Amy K. Elaine, uh, is how do if people want to get in touch with the Downtown Northampton Association and learn more about our local retail scene, how do they do that? Um, they can email me. It's Amy A M Y at NorthamptonDNA.com or go onto our website, which is NorthamptonDNA.com. And um, well, we would love to connect with them. There you go. I'm wishing you and all your members a wonderful holiday season, hopefully a lucrative holiday season, and uh, we'd love to see those empty storefronts filled, and we'd love to see the bustle of the holidays uh, with people enjoying shopping and 
spending money on those that they love. Well, um, I so appreciate that. And I hope you might have me back in 2023 so I can spill some news on a couple of empty storefronts that it, might be filling just to throw a teaser out there. It is a formal invitation right now. <laughs> so let's be in touch at the beginning of 2023. Invitation accepted. All Thank right. you so much for having me today. Thank you, Amy Kelly. Kaylin, we're going to be right back uh, with Megan Zinn and the Writer's Block. And this week, Amy is going to be playing What You're Reading with Smith College government professor Greg White. We'll be I right think back. Megan's going to be playing because I'm in trouble if I'm playing it. Oh, there you go. I have no idea what she meant, but there we oh, go. All good. We're going to take a break. And we're going to celebrate some of those retailers right now. Come back after we do. So I never this is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Even though the Northampton City Council voted to decrease the city's property tax rate, residents can expect an increase in their property tax bills next year due to dramatically increased home values. The tax rate will fall by over $2 in the next year from $17.89 per 1,000 of assessed property value to $15.84. That's the lowest rate Northampton has seen since 2015. Meanwhile, the average home value in Northampton has increased by 25% in the last year to nearly $425,000. Activists are looking to establish a reparations commission in Northampton that would be similar to efforts in Amherst. Amherst has committed to spending $2 million over the next 10 years from cannabis tax revenue for their reparations program. The Northampton Reparations Committee started a change.org petition asking the city council to establish a similar commission. The group says they believe that repairing past and current harms will help build a healthy and diverse Northampton. And the Massachusetts Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission, also known as POST, will be publishing their certification list this week. Last Tuesday, the commission approved a motion to publish the certification status of officers, including their names and agencies, on a website set up to go live soon. The commission also plans to hold a public hearing on a proposed set of regulations regarding databases and the dissemination of information that will be held December 6 from 10 a.m. to noon via Zoom. Partly sunny and breezy this afternoon, a high of 48 to 52. Mostly clear tonight, overnight low of 20 to 26. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 42 to 46. Rain for the second half of the day on Wednesday, a high in the low 50s. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. For the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. State Street Fruit Store. What the heck is a fruit store anyway? Well, State Street opened in Northampton in the 1920s as a fruit store, selling local fruit and other produce from the valley. And even though State Street has grown to be much more, deli, wines, spirits, they are still a fruit store. 
And right now, State Street and their sister store, Cooper's Corner in Florence, are under an avalanche of apples and everything from the orchards up and down the valley. Galas and Honeycrisps, McCown and the good old-fashioned Macintosh, along with pears, plums, and other delights from the orchard. Northampton has always been a fruity place. We are what we eat. State Street Fruit Store in Northampton and Cooper's Corner in even fruitier Florence. At American National, we understand the tried and true farm and ranch lifestyle, and what's important to you is important to us. You deserve an insurance plan custom made to meet all the specific needs of your agribusiness operation. American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with package options to help better protect your livelihood. We're right by your side. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back to this afternoon's program. I am always enjoying 4.30 on a Monday because it's the Writer's Block segment with Megan Zinn. And today she's going to be playing What You're Reading. <laughs> what You're Reading. Who are you playing with? Just hanging out. Well, we're going to be chatting with uh, Greg White um, about what we're reading. Uh, and Greg is the Mary Huggins Gamble Professor of Government. I love these names know, of these, these professorial <laughs> um, seat names that they're given. <laughs> it's such a mouthful. Yeah. The Mary Huggins Gamble Professor of Government at Smith College. Um, and Greg specializes in North African politics, migration and refugee studies, environmental politics, and international security, although that's not really what we'll be talking about, although Maybe. it might segue. Maybe. It might segue because I'm sure your interests yeah. um, affect your, your, your academic interests and your scholarly interests affect your reading as well. So just to jump in, we're going to talk about books. So what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Um, right now, I'm not sure I'm reading a, a novel. So okay. if we're talking about fiction, we, we, that's you know, the challenge, what you're right? reading right now, we can talk about something else. I mean, I, I, my, mostly my, fiction. My problem, I have a, you know, so yeah, the, 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 first of all, I should say I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a political science type, so I, I find myself always reading nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Just I am so comforted to have you in the studio. <laughs> every week they talk fiction, and I'm not a fiction reader. My yeah. wife is a devout fiction reader, but my night table has government and law. Yeah, I just and, and that's my that's my that's my shtick too. I just and I tend to I tend to read the nonfiction stuff more than I read fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would well, that would make sense. But I, I I do love fiction. I love the way it makes me think. Yeah, and, and sort of like it's a different space to climb into. And I just uh, so when I have the chance to read fiction, um, I love it. Yeah, it gives and, you a different and, perspective. And for me, it's usually yeah. during the summers. I, mm -hmm, I tend to be like course. a fiction reader during the summer. Uh, this fall, I've been reading some, mm -hmm. but not as much as I'd like. Um, I mean, a book that I just I brought with me is sort of a show and tell that I just finished reading, and I'm actually trying to write about it. Oh, yeah. Is a um, a book called The Wall. It's mm -hmm. set in the near future. Mm -hmm. um, set in the UK. Um, it's a the climate change has happened. I okay. Mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it is yeah. happening, of course, but the event has happened. I think they call it the change. Oh, geez. Has yeah. happened. Mm -hmm. And so this island nation builds a wall around itself, and they're designed to keep out the others, yes. capital O. Yes. And the others are climate refugees. So I've been yeah. writing, trying to read about and understand climate refugees mm -hmm. and climate migration, mm -hmm. this whole area of stuff. And so this is a piece of fiction that just came out in 2019 in the UK. And it's, I don't know what to say about it. It's great. 
and it's horrible at the same yeah. time. It's, yeah. it's really sure good very difficult and it's really to read. problematic and really frustrating. So, so I've been reading that. So it's a piece of fiction, but this is an example of a piece of fiction that sort of that I predictive. Chose. Well, it's predictive, but it's also like it's related to my work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my that's my bummer. And my for years now, I've just I, I I have trouble reading fiction that's not in some way. Yeah, that's way what I did want to ask that. You, I mean, I would work. imagine that there are some, and this was true of me in, my, in long ago when I was in academia before I fled. Um, <laughs> where when I would read fiction, it tended to not be. Oh, although I was doing my work on primarily fiction writers and poets, so that you know c- right. crossed uh, on uh, particularly uh, Native American writers. But um, very often I would want to just go to something completely different. But it sounds like you like to go with um, stuff that just kind of, you know, um, dovetails with your work. Yeah. I mean, and and when I do, I mean, one of the the good fortune that I have is that I'm in a wonderful book group. My oh, wife and fun. I are in a book group. And uh, we've been in it for for years now, mm-hmm. for, I mean, 20 plus years, 22 mm-hmm. years. Yes. So it's a longstanding book group. Yep. And it's a it's a group that does get me to read things right. that I otherwise would yeah. not read. So that's that's fortunate. That's a good yeah. fortune. Yeah, and I have, I, have, I have the same experience. I have a book group that's about that old. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it gets me, it's one of the ways I find out about books that exactly. I wouldn't otherwise yeah, because the totally. other people bring things to the table. And yeah, it gets me to read things um, that, you know, might be pretty far out of my, right. out of my wheelhouse. And what um, happens sometimes mm-hmm. too, to be honest, like, you know, sometimes we call the book group we haven't always read the book book group. Yeah, that's it. So yes. we'll get together and we, we'll confess that we that haven't finished too. the book. That happens too. Um, but but I, I I try my best to, to finish it because yeah. there's that opportunity to stretch a little bit and read something different. Yeah. As so. somebody who's a student forever, I always feel like, I mean, sometimes I don't finish the book and I always feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, that's right. You're going to get not, called on. I'm not going to get in yeah. trouble. Exactly. Totally. Um, that happens it, all the time. And it's funny when we get, um, actually, we have book, I have my book group tonight. And um, when... Not everybody's read it. It's, we have to do the dance around, do I reveal spoilers? Just, yeah. and, and my feeling is if you haven't read the book, you're going to get the spoilers. Gonna, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's, and and, and when, when I'm in that situation too, the spoilers usually, huh, I don't know. I was starting to think that usually they make me think I want to finish the book and mm-hmm, I go, and mm-hmm. sometimes I go finish the book, yeah. but other times But no. other times it's just like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm done. Um, Can so, I ask you each a question? Yeah. Or, I take that back. Can I ask you both the same question? Sure. My wife celebrates, she loves fiction. On her night table, it's probably four or five books at a time. She loves the story. Mm-hmm. I love to fill in the gaps in my knowledge. Yeah. She says it's the same thing. I never understand what the heck she's saying when she says that. Well, I can understand well, that's that. that's between you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean, this isn't marriage counsel, but, you know, we'll give it a shot. We're a newlywed game. We could interview her separately. Do, do you accept shot. insurance? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, from my point of view, I mean, I, I learn an enormous amount from reading fiction um, because it's... Um, a, very often, it is uh, you know it's, it's exposing it's giving me the knowledge while exposing me to this story and to this world. Um, I recently read um, the Island of the Sea Women by Lisa C, which is about um, uh, Korean, Korean Korean women, and it goes o- over the span of like the 1920s through to the modern day. Historical and fiction. It, it, it was historical fiction, and yeah. I do read a lot of historical fiction, yeah. but even contemporary fiction just gives me a whole new perspective on 
um, people and their lived experience that I would, wouldn't have. So I guess that's the knowledge it fills in for me. Do you, what's your Yeah, experience? I mean, what jumped in my mind is, uh, I mean, uh, I, I understand that Harry Truman said, you know, this, this quote, and I, I love it, and I quote it all the time. I should double check and make sure that he said it. Um, because I'm not sure he was known for any kind of like great political thinking in his own right or other writing. than the book stops here. Yeah, but he said the the only thing new is the history you don't know. Oh, interesting! And I, think I about love that, that all the time. Like you know, so you're reading a book, and if it's something about which you don't know, and you know that's it's new to you, right? And, yep. I, and I think about you know this is true of history, like a historical fiction. Yes, you're reading it, and it's like. I didn't know that. So right. it's new. It's new to me. Yeah. yeah. Even though, of course, it's. Not, and that's what my wife says. New. She says it's just you know, as a reminder, Greg White, that Shakespeare wrote historical fiction. He did. And <laughs> you know, it, it was fiction, but it was based on these historical yep, figures, yep. and um, it's a, certainly a story, right? So. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have an answer for you, Buzz. You do. Uh, I you're, you're you always wrong. have an answer. You're wrong. She's right. You know <laughs> it. You know the answer. Come on, Buzz. And there you go. That's why <laughs> we've been married. To we've been that's married been for fifty years, and that's why. That's and beautiful. that's exactly it. That's beautiful. But I and I also read um, history and memoir, and yeah, I mean, it is to fill in those gaps. And I tend to lean towards the nonfiction that is um, very story driven, and writers who can write nonfiction. Um, that reads l- almost really good like point. Fiction. Thanks to Dan, who gave me for my birthday John Meacham's new book, uh-huh. uh, and um, it's exactly my experience. He's, he's, and what's the topic? He's to, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, okay. And um, I'm learning a ton, but it's written as a story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I um, read a bunch of, um, uh, blanking on the name of the guy who wrote the, ha- the book that Hamilton is based on, and he's also written George Washington. Turn, turn out. Yeah, turn out. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've um, read his book on Washington and wow. Grant wow. and um, Hamilton before, before Hamilton came out. And um, I listened to all of those, actually. But I remember when I'm listening, he, you know, the, it's the middle, I'm really re- listening to Grant, the book on Grant, and we're like getting to Appomattox, and it's almost like, oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> And I think I had to return. The the, I had to return the book and then like get it back. At that point, I'm like, but I'm not going to find out what happened in Appomattox. I mean, it's but written and, and so well what, that you have that it has an effect. And what's interesting about that too is that I find myself basically never reading biography. Interesting. I, I yeah. just and I should. I'd like to. I'm, I'm sure I would love it. I have a good friend who reads. That's what he does. He loves to read mm-hmm, biographies. Mm-hmm. You know, read Joni Mitchell biography. Oh, or read you know, just yeah. any biography of Gershwin. Just you know, mm-hmm. like he's in the music, music one. Yes. And. And I don't, I don't do that. And I, or you know, or Hamilton, or yeah, uh, interesting, yeah. Um, someday, somehow, um, my next life. I'm having an unusual experience reading a memoir, um, and this is a little name dropping, but I'm reading uh, Selma Blair, the actress Selma Blair's memoir right now, and she's my first cousin. And <laughs> she, she's what? My first cousin. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is. Um, but it's very weird to read a memoir of somebody who you share some of that life with. And I'm at the beginning of it right now. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's very, um, to see her perspectives on my grandparents to be, you know. Does she write about share. you? Is there a chapter um, about you coming up? No, yeah, yeah okay. that would be great. No, I get, I get a, an acknowledgement, but I don't get mentioned. Two of nice. my siblings get mentioned in it, but, you know. Nice. Um, but it is really fascinating to read um, a memoir, and beautifully written memoir, 
um, about parts of my life from somebody yeah, else. Cool. You don't get that that opportunity. Well, really there's, often. there's two really interesting things. One is you get to see the same event from a different perspective. Yeah, it's right. sort of like a Rashomon mm-hmm. yeah. moment. And the other is you get to say she's full of it. That's not the way it <laughs> happened. <laughs> totally. We're, this is Writer's Block with uh, Megan Zinn and a very special guest, uh, Smith College government professor Greg White. We're going to be back to play more What You're Reading right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Twenty years ago, and a million visitors later, the Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art in Amherst opened its doors. Join us when we speak with Alexandra Kennedy, the executive director of the Carl, who will be our guest Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. The holidays, baking, wrapping, decorating, and of course, shopping for that special gift. Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. This holiday season, consider giving a private one-on-one personal training session with a Fitness Together gift card. Stop by our locations, Amherst or Northampton, to pick one up in person. Or give us a call and we'll drop one in the mail. Give a gift that keeps the ones you love fit and healthy. Happy holidays from all of us at Fitness Together. It is simply impossible, says the Boston Globe, to imagine an audience that wouldn't enjoy what they do. Cherish the Ladies, bringing their Celtic Christmas show to UMass December 2nd. Cherish the Ladies, the Irish-American supergroup formed in New York City in 1985, celebrating the rise of women in the Irish music scene. The sweetest hours the dear eyes Led by Joni Madden, Cherish the Ladies delivers a rousing blend of traditional music, captivating voices, and propulsive step dancing. For tickets, UMass Fine Arts Center website. Cherish the Ladies, Celtic Christmas, Friday, December 2nd, 7.30 p.m. in the Frederick C. Tillis Performance Hall at UMass. This week's Shop Tuesday is Slancha. This Tuesday at 9 a.m., Slancha releases gift certificates for their restaurant in Holyoke. High up on Jarvis Avenue with a view of Holyoke and beyond, good food and drink, lunch and dinner daily, plus a private upstairs party room with a bar. They say it on the old sod and they say it in Holyoke. Slancha, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m. on the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5. And this is Monday, so it's time for Writer's Block with Megan Zinn. We're continuing our conversation with Smith College government professor Greg White playing What You're Reading with Megan. Um, How do you you find new books? How do you um, hear about what's coming up? What do you want want to read? Yeah, it's usually, that's a good question, because it's usually through the 
book group. I, I'm not mm-hmm. one. I'm not somebody who reads book reviews. I used to read the New York Times book review, mm-hmm. you know, pretty regularly, but not I in did recent long years. Ago, but no, yeah, not, yeah, no, not I'm not, I haven't done that. Um, it's kind of catch as catch can, and uh, you know, recommendations from people, but um, that you never met. And recommendations uh, and the opinion of somebody that you've never met before. Oh, you mean the, for the book reviews? reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't do that so much anymore. It's yeah. more like from friends or you know family members and what they're reading. Uh, I might grab a book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Social media. Which is so old. Their first reading was a Dead Sea Scrolls when they <laughs> yeah, first came that's right, out. That's right. <laughs> My book group, we um, we jokingly um, had a rule that we could not read any Booker Prize winners because I believe the first two books we read happened to be Booker Prize winners, and nobody liked either of them <laughs> for, for henceforth. reason. Henceforth, <laughs> so it's become the joke. And if somebody recommends a book, we're like, I don't know, it's uh, a Booker Prize right, winner. Right, right. So Can't read that. Um, what did you read when you were? What kind of things did you read when you were growing up? Uh, you know, I read all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a, uh, I was, a, I was, a, I don't know. I was way into reading. I was a geek in that in that regard. Correct. But at the same Brand time, yourself. I can't, I can't say that I was reading, you know, Ovid or some kind of like, you know, classic you know, Shakespeare. <laughs> I was reading like sports biographies, yeah, yeah, sure. um, baseball. I was way into baseball and basketball. My first real big book was the Roy Campanella story. I, oh, I, I. I don't remember reading that one actually. Now that, now that you say it, but I've read those kinds of books. Mm-hmm. It's exactly yeah. The kind I love of thing. that I kind read. of thing when I was a kid. And then I would read Bill Bradley's autobiography. I would just read books about sports, and uh, you know, and I would read adventure Hardy stories, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew. I mean, I would read all those series. Yeah. I, I was yeah. way into that kind of stuff, um, but not so. I wasn't highfalutin at all. I wasn't mm. highbrow, but it was. I just ate books. Yeah, for, for fun. yeah. I was highbrow, highbrow, Megan. I read all the classic comics. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so, um, are are there books that are coming out um, that you are or books? Well, books that you have sort of on your list that you want to read soon um, that you're looking forward to. No, oh, wow. Not again. Nothing jumps to mind. I mean, I I think the what I've been drawn to most recently is kind of. Um, I guess time travel books. Oh, cool! I've been really into time mm-hmm, travel mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, even I guess maybe the, the uh, the jargon these days is multiverse. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, so a, you know, a book that we recently book wrote, book was Greenland. Okay. Um, oh, I'm not familiar. It's a, with it's it. a new book. I wrote down the the author's got David Santos Donaldson is okay. his name. No, I don't know. Three it. names, David Santos Donaldson, and it's great because he's you know he's writing this memoir of it's it's a the, the author's writing about. Um, E.M. Forster's mm-hmm. lover in Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, back in 1910 yeah, or yep, 1915, yep, yeah. kind of like you know, right before World War One, and and he's sort of he's, he's trying he's time traveling, going back and forth between okay. today oh, okay. in New York, and eventually ends up in Greenland, but also Egypt, where E.M. Forster was, and so it's like I, I I got into that. I also got into Kindred mm-hmm. by Octavia Butler, okay. which just awesome. Like yeah, fantastic, she's, she's awesome, fantastic. yeah, and it's 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 time travel, and it's being made into a movie. Oh, good to know. So it is. Good. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I'm, so I'm looking yeah, forward to the yeah. the movie adaptation of the, of this awesome book. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and time travel sure. is a really interesting um, trope in books because it can be used in so many ways. It can be used to be sort of like a form of historical fiction, yep. but it can also be used in the you know much more sciencey fiction. Um, or speculative fiction way. Um, it, there's there's a, a really interesting um, and so, and sometimes a book. I once I'm a fan of Outlander, which is a uh-huh. book about time travel, but it's essentially historical fiction where the character 
gets there by time travel. But I was having a conversation once with somebody who didn't like it at all. And it was because he was somebody who loved a book that was all about the time travel, where the time travel itself uh, was the topic. Was the where conceit. How, the conceit. Yeah, now, yeah. how they travel, what happens, you know, and the impact of that. Whereas this series is really more, um, really more about um, living in the past, but the time travel is what gets them there. So which, makes the, which makes the reader a time traveler. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Voyager. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, which well, Kindred's beautiful. awesome because what she, you know, she's, she's in California. The protagonist is mm-hmm. in California and then all of a sudden is pulled into slave times. Yes. And is there and it's so immediate and you're traveling back in time and then you come back to the contemporary period. I mean, I guess she's writing this in the 1990s. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just really compelling. It's, it's terrifying it's, 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 too. It's, 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 exactly. It's harrowing. It's intense and it's and it's and you learn stuff. I mean, it's that point about like I didn't know this about yeah. you know slave. You know, she did research about right. being yeah. a slave in Virginia in the I don't know eighteen fifties. Yeah, and got all the details. Does, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I wanted to know if uh, the research that you do as a professor somehow also influences some of the books that you would read unrelated to your academic topic, but it just kind of maybe opens up your interest in a topic and then all of a sudden you find yourself reading a non-academic text like does the academic influence the non-academic reading list yeah probably i mean i'm, I'm not sure i could be articulate in trying to answer that but it's um i could barely articulate it myself no, i mean it's I a s- good question i think the answer is definitely i mean i think another book that i read this year was a, a paragon by um colin mccann mm-hmm. um who also wrote this awesome book, you know, as, as the world, as the great world spins or something like yes. that, or the, I'm, I'm, I'm the title. butchering the title. Um, but it's about Palestine and Israel. Okay. And it's, and I just, you know, I don't really teach Arab Israeli politics or, you mm-hmm. know, those, you know, Middle East, I, I work on North African politics, and, you know, but I'm familiar with it and I'm interested in it. Mm. So it affected my enjoyment mm. of that book a, a mm. great deal yeah. i really got into it really it. Uh, it, it reminds me of bill Connolly was a political science professor at umass uh-huh. did you know bill i don't i did not know him yeah very he wrote a poem yeah. and it was brother can you paradigm oh. <laughs> <laughs> i still remember that yeah. 50 oh, years good. later uh, have, have, you, have you ever been read any fiction that sparked something for you for your academic work something that you reading some fiction and it brought up a topic that was like oh that's something i actually want to pursue um, in my scholarly work. Well, this, this, this book right this here. book. Okay, yeah. there you go. I mean, the the, <laughs> yeah, the, that's a good the Wall by John Lanchester from 2019. It's definitely about climate change and climate refugees and climate migration and this, you know, crafting of climate mi- migrants as others. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the, the, it's, 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 it's great and it's terrible at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> we only have two more minutes, but yeah. Greg, could I ask you about, about that? For those who don't know what climate refugees are, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What should be the takeaway from this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> in two minutes? In two minutes, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Welcome um, to our it's, world. It's bad. It, well, it's, but climate change is bad. Climate, climate change but is bad. But my, my, what I'm, I'm, I'm part what of... What are climate refugees? Well, I'm part of a group of people who are pushing back against the concept. Ah. Because, you know, climate change is real. It's affecting people um, profoundly. But this idea that it's going to prompt people to move great distances is not supported by the migra- by migration studies literature. Interesting. That, in fact, when people are affected by climate change, whether it be gradual or sudden onset, like catastrophes, they tend to stay in place. They tend to suffer in place. And adapt. And if, if they, they move can. And adapt. If yeah. they move, they might move to a nearby city. But this whole trope of, you know, hordes of climate refugees coming to Europe, like this book yeah. is arguing, or to the United States 
is way overstated. And really and feeds xenoph xenophobia. True, exactly. And it's often racialized. Right, of course. Because these are people of color mm -hmm, that are coming mm -hmm. north, so there's a kind of whiteness to it. Um, so there's a, there's a group of us who are like trying to push back against the assumption that, which is not a, automatically a bad assumption that climate change is going to impel migration. Right, we see some evidence of people and, fleeing. It makes some sense, you know, intuitively, but in fact, to move requires money, it requires strength, yeah. it requires contacts, it requires... Uh, wherewithal but other than and, the wall you have, have it. you have a, a reading to recommend to people that supports your contention that it's overstated yeah, I have a, 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 uh, there's a there's a scholar named uh, Baldwin um, not Michael uh, Andrew Baldwin at uh, in, in the UK he's a geographer and he's writing great stuff about this um, you could google him Andrew Baldwin yeah I'm gonna write that yeah yeah that's really um, fascinating because I do hear a lot um, along the it's lines so of the, the assumption that there is going to be it's some such mass a migration it's such a common sort of and understandably you know um, it seems intuitive but it's it's a real problem um, in, in, in the in the field yeah. how's that for an yeah. answer yeah did I do it in two I minutes I think it's a great answer yeah. I think a lot of us uh, who consider ourselves progressives there's so much data to learn it's impossible to right. learn it all right and thus, the many gaps in my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and so we hear something like people are fleeing uh, climate environments that are being seriously affected by it, and they're going to other places where they're not being affected as much. Makes sense. So we just adopt that as a truth. Right. 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 And and the, so you know the, have... the fact is that people are, tend to move for all kinds of other complicated reasons first. Conflict, you know, you know, which is why we should all apply to Smith for next year to take courses. <laughs> there you go. With Greg, well, there you go. I think that would be very fun. Yeah. Did I say Greg Smith? You know, you did earlier, and that's okay. People do it all the time. Yeah. Greg White. People White. do it Smith all the time. Professor. I'm sorry, he's a white college professor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. People Greg do it all the time. It's just it's, a, it's five letters: Smith and White. <laughs> Smith and White. That's yeah. a law firm. I know. Yeah. So. Thank you so much, Thank Megan. You. I'm sorry I Thank interrupted you, you so many times. No, I it's great. I like the conversation. You, That's Dan. the whole Thank point. You, Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Greg. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Join us tomorrow on the Afternoon Buzz at 4. Have a great evening. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. Want to make a difference in a big Live way? Nearly 200 for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.